everyone. Welcome episode 472, Aussie Techheads. It's the 28th of the 1st. How was your Australia Day? Hope it was uh, great. A little bit rainy here on the Goldie, but, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a, a dry barbie, a wet barbie, and then we... Uh, Swam in the pool, <laughs> so it wasn't too bad. All right, we're brought to you each week by athwebhosting.com.au. That is short for Aussie Techheads, webhosting.com.au. So jump on board and have a look at some the, the services there if you need some web hosting for your personal blog or a business site. We, uh, we've got it all for you with reasonable prices. Also register your domain name. All systems go over there for sure. All right, now uh, let's see who we've got tonight. I don't know what's happened to Shane. He was due... <laughs> To be on, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, we got Eric. Hi, Eric. Hello, Glenn. I was going to say hello, everyone, but it's just you and me for now. It Jane, is. We're not, not sure. Redo your QoS settings, mate, and jump on. <laughs> so he might have fell asleep in that chair of his he's got. But mm. uh, he's done his show notes. I just don't know where he is, but we'll read them out. There's more for us, more to go around. Oh, look, hang on. Let me just, uh, just adjust this camera here. Bumping up the top of my head. Is that better? Oh, well, that's yes. about the same size as you now, Eric. Okay, that's good. Are we the same size? Um, oh, about that. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, maybe a little bit. All right, now, look, this is the show where we bring you the this week's news that has you know, caught our attention, and we thought we'd uh, serve it up and uh, let you guys know what we thought was interesting. Look, there's not too much Australian stuff this week, uh, nothing of excitement anyway, so when there's not, we do venture out and look for something that, it, that you know, excites us anyway, whether it comes from here or overseas. So this week, it looks like, unfortunately, there's a lot of Apple stuff. I know there wasn't an Aussie Mac zone this week, so, you know, maybe you can get your Apple fix from some of the stories tonight. Okay. Now, let, where are we going to start? Oh, first of all, we've got a, uh, a, a, a email or review or YouTube comment or whatever. Bouncing Yellow Skull, how you doing? He's uh, listening to it. He says, uh, sailing around Southeast Asia. I love to hear some familiar Aussie voices. Keep up the good work. Long time listener from the early days. Well, how about that Southeast Asia, eh? You're having He's the pirate. life. He's yeah. a pirate. <laughs> he's having the life. <laughs> I listen to your show. Arr. Yes, so he's ha- he's having the life. But uh, but good to good to see that. That's just amazing where some people come from, isn't it? When they when they listen to us, and he's on the high seas. So long time listener from the early days. Jesus, you talking about the Mark days? We, we're gonna I, have to. I listen long time. Yeah, <laughs> we should be like a uh, pre-Mark and post-Mark, before Mark, after Mark. That's I think right. that was the defining. Marker in the sand, wasn't it? When the... <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. Uh, and hello to Mark if he's listening. I haven't heard from him for a little while, but I'm sure he's he's out there somewhere. Uh, okay, we'll have to see if we can get him on, see what's going on there. All right, so how have you been going, Eric? You've been charging, fighting fit? Yeah, been pretty busy. I've got a few things I'm, I need to think about over the next few months. And uh, yeah. Good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's always got a something to keep your mind active. It's oh, good. you've got to. You've got to. You go crazy. I'm always taking on a project. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think I, I probably take on too many projects. I don't finish enough projects. That's my ah, problem. See, I finish. That's why I don't take many on. I make sure I finish. <laughs> this is the first one you've taken on for 15 years. <laughs> it, it actually is be the first big one I've taken on for quite a while. Yes, correct. Okay. Are you, are you allowed to discuss or do you want to keep it at that? Um, yeah, well, I don't mind discussing. I'm just look at I'm just looking at this post here. This anyway, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> I've got ADHD. Yeah, I'm taking tablets. Um, no, that's not it. No, I'm thinking of. Um, well, I, well, I'm not thinking. I have applied to um, a couple of universities to finish my law degree. Oh, nice, nice. Mm. So yeah, right. Yeah. So how how much long? Where are you well, up to? This, in... this is the thing. Right. I, I looked at the courses. You know, I looked at four of them, and I want to do them um, externally, offline, with the option of going into campus if I have to, right? Because hmm. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be um, stuck going. I have to go every Wednesday or every Thursday. You know what I mean? I want the option. So I found a few universities that allow that, so that's fine. And then I was looking through that, and um, because my my original degree, for all you listeners who are interested or don't give a rat's. Um, <laughs> Is a Bachelor of Commerce with an accounting major and a sub-major in law. Right. Right. So if I stayed for an extra year, I would have got the double. Right. right. The Quinella. I would have got the Quinella. Yes. But I thought, no, I'll leave and I'll do it later. You know, 23 years later. Hmm. Right. <laughs> and I'm replying, oh, yeah, I've done that one before. I'll get credit for that. I'll get credit for all the subjects. Yeah. So I applied. 
And then once I've applied and I've put the forms in, I'll, I'll, I'll hear in the next four weeks or something. Mm. Um, then I look through all the subject matter. And a lot of the courses was, if you know, the wording went something along the lines of, if the subjects you want to apply credit for have not been done in the last 10 years, you won't get credit. Oh, I'm going to say, is there a time limit? On yeah, the, there are. On there your... are certain, certain subjects, there are time limits, mm. obviously, because, you know, things change. And that's fine. That's okay. That's all right. I'll still do it. Yeah, cool. Uh, I thought, uh, look, uh, when you said a, a, a project, look, I've got the perfect project for you, uh, oh, as, you as an investor to invest in this. Oh, really? Oh, look, if, if I had the money or and the contacts or whoever I would know to um, get involved, this is what you need to get involved in. Now, let me see if I can bring up a, a video, uh, first of all, uh, for people so we can have a look. Now... Oh, look, unfortunately, it goes off. Look, I'll tell you what it's about. For, hang on, I might be able to bring up another window here with my show notes in another window so I can show the video and uh, and look at the thing as well. Now, look, it's called, and as you would expect, it's, 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 it's simple. It's a simple idea and it's a natural progression, but it's called drone racing. Now, you've heard of this. Have you heard of drone racing at all, Eric? I've heard of drone, not drone racing. Right. So drone racing let me pull that out there and i want to show you if for those on the video now this particular one here uh is uh in california and this was at the dolphins the dolphin stadium okay now we'll just play that hopefully we can get rid of that sound and there we go now look there's some guys in uh, why i picked this uh to talk about tonight was there's some guys in melbourne and they've spent hours customizing building their multicolor machines and fitting them with onboard cameras so known as fpv racing or that means the first person view the races are use special goggles uh, some are held together with gaffer tape or whatever you know giving them a drone's eye view as they maneuver around the course now clock speeds yeah in melbourne they were clocking in an empty warehouse around about 60 kilometers per hour but this one here that's on screen now i is... can't see that glenn am i supposed to see that or not oh sorry no no, okay. <laughs> I'll show it. I'll show it to you later because it's awesome. So, but anyway, the ones that the flying around the Dolphin Center, uh, we're going at about they reckon about seventy miles per hour. So it's just it's awesome. I can see. Look, I would be into this. I would get involved in this. And you'd now, know, would you get involved in this because it's your schoolboy fantasy, or is it an investment opportunity that will actually make you money? Well, look, I reckon it's a it's a the drone league. So, like, therefore, like, it's going to be a new sport. All right. It will the be only way a sport's going to make money is for it to get sponsors. It will make money. Look, look, I'll, I'm going to send you... Can send I, me the link. Yeah, I'll send you the link so you can have a bit of a peek at it. Uh, how do I send it to you without sh- stuffing everything up? <laughs> All right. But anyway, so isn't that cool? That was just, just awesome. Now, let me go on with the story here. Uh, yeah, the new company... Uh, blah, 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 blah. The, first, the first U.S. National Drone Racing Championship took place last summer in California, but few braved the heat to watch it. A new company, however, thinks it has figured out how to turn the excitement of watching drones fly through courses at high speed into a sport. And uh, Now, today, or this week, they announced the inaugural racing season. Now, the league hopes to be the Formula One or the NASCAR or the MotoGP of drone racing. It's secured backing from venture capital firms and celebrities uh, so it's in the hope of making this, you know, all come off into reality. Now, uh, not only... Yeah, so, look, if you haven't seen the video, go and watch a video of drone racing. There's uh, there's heaps of them on YouTube. There's some of them, you know, where there's some guy driving in a car and he's, he's controlling the drone behind him and he's trying to race it and all this sort of stuff. There's just heaps of the, this, this drone racing going around. But I could just see that... You know, racing around a, 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 a circuit and all this sort of stuff. This is just so. Is be, it outdoor circuits? It can be wherever. It can yeah, be wherever. wherever. I think obviously, if you if you, I'm not sure if you got that video up there or not. Um, no, I haven't. But that's like a, at night time, and so obviously the lights and everything just make it look pretty much just unreal. <laughs> it's just it's just it's awesome. It's great. Uh, I saw it and I thought that's that's it. That's the next new multi million dollar thing. So. Um, yeah, get involved in that if you can. That's great. Now, uh, all right, so n- enough of that. We've, we've raced around. Now, Eric, what did you want to talk about this week? I know uh, you Breaking news. Breaking news. <coughs> Excuse me. 
I just saw this article and I thought, you've, this is from the Are You Kidding Me department. Yeah. Uh, father arrested for theft after confiscating 12-year-old daughter's iPhone. Oh, my God, no. Right? No. Now, this, this, is, this is typical nanny state where you're, you're not allowed to be a parent. This mm. is in America. It won't be long before it comes here if, if um, you know, yeah. bloody Penny Wong has her way. Some of us may remember hurling empty threats at our parents in our younger years, stating that we were going to call the police and report child abuse because we weren't allowed to stay up for the next episode of Roseanne or some oh. such show. Yes. Doctor Who. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Yes. Batman. Uh, a 12-year-old girl in America, where else, made a similar threat to her father and then actually followed through with it. The girl from Dallas reported her father for theft after he confiscated her mobile phone in, but, and in brackets, it says the actual police report was filed through the girl's mother. Good one for being on the same page as your as your husband. Mm. Now, was it? Does it? I don't know. Does that report say that it, if it's a, 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 a together family, or is it? A, a... No, it doesn't say. But I'll, I'll keep reading. This, the actual police report was filed through the girl's mother, who claimed the iPhone four actually belonged to her. All right. So you now want to arrest your husband for stealing your supposed phone. Good mm. one. Mm. Ronald Jackson took his daughter's phone and refused to return it after he discovered an inappropriate text message. This is in September 2013. The police arrested Jackson a few hours later. Now, the reason it's come to light now is because the court case just been held. Yeah. Jackson posted $1,500 bail, but later received a mailed citation for theft. Right, okay. He had to post bail. Post bail. Because... 1500 bucks, right? On your daughter. Wow. Tell you what, she'd be grounded till she's 50. Yeah, instead, but... the third, instead, the 36-year-old father opted to go to court and successfully fought the citation oh, good involving on his now 15-year-old daughter. Good on, on Tuesday, you. the judge found Jackson not guilty after the two-day trial. You took up two days of the court's time, taxpayers' mm. money, for this rubbish. Yeah, that's rubbish. And the, the, the judge citing insufficient evidence. And, and in this is the, the quote from the, from, the, from the father. I was being a parent. Yeah. A child does something wrong, you teach them what's right. You tell them what they did wrong and you give them punishment to show that they shouldn't be doing that. I agree. Hmm. Then why did the mother jump on with the daughter and say, yeah, I'll, I'll dob him in with you? Well, it's just ridiculous. So, because my first initial comment was going to be, well, who who bought the phone? But I think you covered that when you said the mother said it was hers. Yeah, so, but even so, he sh the mother should go, yep, I'm with your father. You did something wrong. Yeah, I know. Like, that girl will grow up and she'll be a problem. She'll be she'll, a massive problem. She probably already is a massive problem. And that's, and, yeah. And the worst thing is, she now knows how to play one against the other. Yeah. And she can now know how to, how to manipulate both her parents. And that's just uh, not right. That's a, that's a terrible story. That's yeah. That's like, all, but oh, when, but I, thought, I, I couldn't believe it, so I had to read it out because it just came out now. And, so um, it, just it, from the "Are you kidding me?" department. But then, but another question was: who, How can a twelve-year-old instigate court action? Is that allowed, or don't you have to be? Wouldn't you have to be an no, adult? No, but see, the report was filed by the mother. But the girl was so the mother was suing the yeah. father. Yeah. The mother, the mother reported it in the, the police report was filed the month by the mother because the mother said, "Oh, it was my phone that you took, so I'm I'm going to report you." Right. Well, I can't, well, well, I, I, oh. I, you're the luckiest man alive. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I tell you. But look, stuff like that happens, eh? And it's just crazy. It's just it is. It's just It's, it's crazy. Oh, it's I, wrong. And so, for all you people listening out there, I don't know what your familial situation is, but. Please tell me that you don't have children who are going to behave that way. And please tell me that if they do behave that way, that you punish them. Mm. And parents always stick together. Yeah. And look, I, I, we're lucky. Like, we, we stick together like like anything. And we, you just don't want... What was, it? what was that meme that comes through on the Facebook every now and then? It says, uh, put your kid in a corner. Uh, if uh, something about you know like getting to the fact that you discipline the kid because yeah. the jail doesn't want to be the one that has to discipline them later in life. That's right. And, uh, if you don't do it, they're going to get a much harsher form of it mm. later in life. Put them in the corner now rather than in, yeah. in the corner then of jail itself. Later, exactly. That's right. All right. Now, let's get into... Look, we've got another little opinion story coming up in a minute. <laughs> I'm sure we'll I've, got a, I've got a couple of things that um, might get... 
Garth's bristles are flowing. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. He needs his bristles are flown. Now, uh, Apple can read your iMessages. (laughs) Hello. Now, look, everyone makes a big hoo-ha about all these, you know. I always thought they could anyway. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. But anyway, but obviously now it's 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 right. So uh, if users back up using the iCloud, they need to be aware that although Apple stores the backup in encrypted form, it uses its own key. So this this uh, group of people called Motherboard has reported that if the user enables iCloud backup on their Apple devices, copies of all messages, photographs, and uh, whatever else that you might have on your phone and up to iCloud. Uh, using a key controlled by Apple and not the user. This allows Apple an extension. Uh, this allows Apple and by extension anyone who breaks into their account to see all personal and confidential data. So Brilliant. I don't use an Apple backup anyway, so I don't care. But look, it's encrypted enough for me. Like, look, maybe... Look, I've got nothing that interesting on there. That's right. Like, I think that if you're... You know, just a normal Joe Blow. You're not really going to... If you've got... You know, if you're the CEO of a company, you might have some secrets on there, like some, you know, commercial inconfidence secrets and all this That's sort of right, stuff. Yeah. You probably want right. to think about it. But You I'll, might want to back it up elsewhere rather than iCloud, which yeah. they probably do anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but look, talking about the privacy, we might as well get, got to get into this one here because apparently, look, Shane had a story because it was International Privacy Day this week. Now, well, apparently, yes. <laughs> I, I didn't know much about this story because I, I just saw it. Was in... Steve Gibson hosting? Oh, oh he might have been. <laughs> so in recent years, data theft has become one of the world's most prevalent crimes. Uh, billions of dollars are being lost each year through the credit card fraud, identity theft and scams. And we all know other other scams are you know online and all this sort of stuff. Now, correct disposal of information is often overlooked and you can just tell, well, you know, you go to the, the, the tip or wherever, if you happen no to No one there. wipes their hard drives. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Or, or their phones. You know what yeah. I do when I'm getting rid of a computer that I know I can't trade in or no one can use it? Well, you put I some... take the hard drive yeah. out of it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Then I sledgehammer it. Yeah. And then I put it in water. Yeah. That'll probably... And then I, ch- then I chuck it in the bin. Look, and that'll... Look, if someone wanted to retrieve stuff off that, they probably still could. But I mean, <clears throat> it's a lot yeah, harder. I'm, than... not, I'm not some sort. I'm not Al Capone. They're after my tax records, so you know. Yeah, that's right. There's no yeah. one out the front waiting for me to chuck a hard drive away. <laughs> no, that's right. But I normally look. I don't go to that that much trouble. I'll probably break the circuit board, and that's about it. And I'm yeah. thinking, look, if someone finds a drive and they go to that much trouble to replace the the circuit board on the drive just to get it going, then they deserve everything they find. Yeah, well, good luck to them. They deserve my naked photos. <laughs> That's right, and that'll be frightening. That's right. They might sue. That's right. I'll defend you. <laughs> uh, now, uh, now, getting back to the privacy, people in the organisations need to be as security conscious in the destruction of documents and records as they are protecting them while they're on their premises. Well, that goes without saying, doesn't it? Now, according to, here's one for you, NAIDANS, N-A-I-D-A-N-Z, which is the National Association for Information Destruction, Australia and New Zealand, yes, it's a it's a place or a group. Uh, according, you should be asking yourself who looks after data destruction in your workplace, and do they understand the inherent risks and legal implications in the mismanagement of secure information? Yeah, well, I'll tell you a little story about uh, the destruction of data or destruction of information. When I worked at the bank, now you know how you kept your documents for about seven years. Yes. Uh, so the bank had to do the same. All the checks and withdrawal forms. So all the checks that were cashed from your branch. I think uh, we used to call them vouchers. Yes, it could have been. Yes, mm. you, that could be right. Now, they all used to come back to the branch for storage. So if Eric wrote a check, he gave give it to me. I deposit it in my bank up here. That check would find its way back to his branch and yep. his branch would store it. So anyway, uh, look, oh, where was I? In Ballina, I think it was. And, you know, it was pretty rural sort of a town. There's a little, little place, a couple of little sugar mills around the around the place i think one was at uh oh some place i can't remember the name of these these places but anyway these little sugar mills had these big furnaces because they heat the sugar or whatever they had to do to it and uh these big massive furnaces got absolutely super super hot and there's a little inspection hatch so we were able to take the the you put your vouchers or your checks or whatever yeah your vouchers in a big cardboard uh rectangular box and it right. would just fit nicely through the the inspection hatch of the furnace and you could see it as it went in it would sort of just be 
caught alight and burning before it even got to the center of the furnace. Now, one day, uh, for whatever reason, we were just chucking these boxes in, uh, but there must have been a particular wind or whatever. So what was happening, the draft that was taking the vouchers and flying them up through the chimney and pushing them... <laughs> And they, oh, were, they were fluttering. Everywhere. They were yeah, fluttering down all over the place, even down in apparently Lismore, <laughs> which is like <laughs> half an hour away. <laughs> and they, they just flitter fluttered down. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't too good. But but that's a that's a case of you know not really mismanaging the destruction of them because who you know, uh, who was uh, doing the uh, the furnace back then? Was it Apple? <laughs> yeah, it could have been. <laughs> Not good on the encryption, Apple. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, well, that's a little story. Now, yeah, so and another point is, as what Eric mentioned, is your hard drive, you know, completely wiped. wiped. I think Apple's got an inbuilt thing, don't they? If you want to wipe your hard drive, you can military-grade format yep. it. Yeah, that's so, right. You sort of sit it overnight and then chuck it in the bin. Yeah. And uh, look, that must be, I think it, by military-grade formatting, I think what it does is write zeros on every sector. Yeah, uh, at about, about 60-something times. Yeah, I was going to say three, but I know it's a lot. So. No, you can do a one that goes for like 10 hours. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, so that's the, that's the International Privacy Day. So that was this week. Now, the story this week of, of you know, everyone would have heard about the footballer Mitchell Pearce and being videoed, doing whatever he was doing. you I'm sure you're all aware. Uh, if you're not, it was, say, described as lewd acts to a dog. Now, what I, wanted, what I want to discuss with you, Eric, is... Oh, where did he go? He's gone. No, I'm, here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, your video left me. Yeah. Yours what? has gone pixelated. I don't know what's happened with yours. Oh, there we go. We're back. All right. I haven't got you yet. You're still... Here we go. You're back. Now... Yeah, Mitchell, the Mitchell piercing. Although you don't condone, or I don't condone what he has done. Okay. All right, just for people who are um, not residing in Australia, Mitchell Pierce is a football player, rugby league player for a club called the East Suburbs Rugby League Club. Um, he's the son of a football great, Wayne Pierce, who never did anything like this ever. No. What Glenn's about to tell you. <laughs> but. Um, uh, so you may not have heard about it overseas, but, but apparently he has made some headlines over, overseas. So just do a Google search for Mitchell Pearce and mm. you'll see his video. Yeah, look and look. Okay, so he he was drunk. Okay, this is the bit on the video. He was drunk. Um, he he kissed the girl, and apparently she went, "Oh no, go away, too drunk or whatever, go away." And then they were having a bit of a chat. Everything was pretty calm. Oh, it was quite calm. And then for some reason, he's picked up the dog, and and pretended, you know, to, to do things to it, a lewd sexual act to it. Although he was he was pants. He didn't have no he had pants on and everything, so everything's fine. Now, look, I'm not condoning what he did, but my, from my point of view is that uh the Oh look it went a little bit worse than that. I'm not condoning what he did either. Um he urinated on himself while he was mm. on the couch and spoiled her couch. She said something like, You you know, S H one T on all over my couch, get out. Mm. Uh, prior to that, that girl he tried to kiss and she pushed him away. He said, "I'm a lesbian. Go away." Right. Um, she was that night. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was at that moment. She was. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, and, but, and apparently he's got a history of this sort of stuff. Mm. But anyway, my point in bringing this story up is because, look, although I don't agree with what he did, I also don't agree that in a private home you can be filmed doing something like this and then. Sell it to the highest. You can bidder. go and sell it for eighty thousand dollars. Like, I think to a to a radio station on a show called The Current Affair. Look, mm. I, I'm a bit. I'm I'm with you, Glenn. Um, where does where does your where does your privacy? Where is the line drawn on your privacy? Like the thing is, the argument is for a lot of people. For a lot of people in this, um, you know, sports people uh, have this argument as well. They say. We're we're in the public eye. We're public people. We've got a we've got a harder job than the normal people. We've got to hold our standards higher than right. normal, normal Joe. So if it was yep. if it was um, Ivan Milat next door, mm. right, doing that sort of stuff, mm. and it got filmed mm. and put it on YouTube, everyone just would have had a laugh. But right, yeah, right. But but because he was a football player with a history of drunken antics and a certain amount of violence um 
he's well, got to hold him. They they hold up public figures to a higher standard. But I mean, you know, like, but we've gone through the whole thing of you know the football players at the pubs getting drunk and disorderly, you know, doing crazy things. Julian O'Neill doing crazy things. Uh, public place, you know, Todd Carney, do it the bubbler. Yeah, sort yeah. of like a public place. Yeah. I disagreed with that as well. But a public place, okay, a little kid or someone could have walked into the toilet while he was doing the bubble up. Okay, no good. But this was in a in a looked like an, an adult, home. adult residence. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit grey on as far as yes, his behaviour was unacceptable. However, if social media wasn't around and camera phones weren't around, you would never have known about it. No, well, that, exactly. But and okay, so now say say he's been reprimanded, he's been fined, his his reputation has been tarnished. What about the person that took this video and sold it? So, w- what sort of message are we sending here? You know, what does everyone just skulk around looking for something to film, well, even yeah, in, yeah, in a private residence? It, it, yeah, that's right. Like, that, that's the message that they that it's inadvertently sending is if you can find a public figure doing something that will shock then film it and we'll buy it off you. So we're saying that Mitchell Pearce, because he's a football player, he has no right to privacy. He has got no right to privacy. Well, that's so, what that's that's the message. Mm. And the message. Look, 30 years ago, when football teams or cricket teams used to tour on you know to England or whatever, right, this sort of stuff used to happen all the time. Yeah. We never knew about it. Because no, no one had camera phones and... Or it might have been just as a story, you know. That's it was right. one of For those example, stories. Um, not again. I'm not condoning what he did because I think that they, you know, for the amount of money that these guys are paid, compared to what they were paid 30 years ago, right? For example, mm. that yes, you must hold yourself to a higher standard, and you must. You're a role model in some aspects to certain members of the public. 30 years ago, I used to work with a guy who. In, when I was working, when I was at university, I used to work part-time at this place. I won't say where it is because I don't want to give it anything away. But where I, I worked at this place and there was two internationals working there who I became good friends with. One was a rugby league international and one was a rugby union international. Now, the rugby league international fellow and I became pretty good mates. And the stories he used to tell me about what they used to get up to... Mm. In, in London on the kangaroo tours. Oh yeah. Um, you know, for mind. example, this is the one story he told. He said, he, "This is before he had he got married and had kids and everything. He, was, he would have been about 20, 21, This bloke. Yeah, he was a very young uh, mm. sort of player. Um, hotel in London, uh, running up and down the hallway, no pants. Right, big yeah. stiffy. Oh, right. Yeah. Girls, girls running after them. Big orgies going on. Yeah, right. Yeah." If you did that now, it'd be on camera in five seconds. Oh, of course it would be, but uh, but but again, I, I still get back to you know where can this guy let his hair down, or who's to say that he wasn't spiked, whatever. But where can where can everyone's done stupid things? So you know who, who are these people on their high horse? Anyway, you know, well, you know, uh, he who has not sinned cast the first stone. Yeah, that's right. Oh, look, I'm sure everyone that's uh, totally appalled by it has also done something. I don't, I don't know. I just don't agree. The thing. I just don't think his acts were that that rough. Oh, maybe the dog act was. Um, you see, you see people going around simulating that's the same with sheep. You know, you, you probably get on YouTube and see that. Well, no, it's not Mitchell Pierce. Okay, okay. Let's... I was going to say something there about New Zealanders. I won't now. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what happened. That, that, yeah, okay. Well, let's move on. And let's move on. But anyway, the thing is that, yeah, since the iPhone, yeah, cameras are everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. If you're a football player or want to be one, keep it in your pants. That's right. you got to you got to be just so... so if you're paying a million bucks a year, you might as well. Can't be that hard. No, that's right. That's right. I don't know. Mate, hey, I don't know what the answer is. But I, well, I, look, these guys 30 years ago weren't earning the money. You know, this, this guy had to work for a full-time job. Hmm. With me, I worked there two days a week, two afternoons a week. Yeah, he was there. He was there five days a week and playing football on the yeah. weekends. Right? There's no such thing as um, not working and just doing football. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look, well, I've done plenty of things on the on the on the on the booze. That's they're probably not too proud of the next day. But 
it's not filmed, so you know you get over it. Uh, it takes a bit longer. Okay, so well, look, continuing some of the things I do. So uh, privacy look it runs through the next. The theme runs through this story as well. A widow's battle. She's she, the Canadian widow uh, has recently tried to get her deceased husband's Apple ID password in order to keep using her phone because she had. Uh, the oh, shared he apps had his phone yeah yes, yeah that's right so that she's trying to get the yeah get the password so hang on we've got a, one of those there we go so what was, what was the uh, what was the uh, final resolution to that did did uh, well, he wants to come to the party well the the Peggy Bush was her name she ended up being told by Apple support that when she needed that she needed to produce a court order uh, before they would be able to give her access to her husband's account wouldn't a death certificate be enough? But anyway, as this, we'll find out in a minute. You think. <laughs> yeah, you think. But anyway, Peggy's uh, daughter spent weeks going back and forth with Apple before writing to uh, the Cookie Monster and going to the media with her story. Now, Apple eventually agreed to help her and the family with the issue, but has not said whether they will include giving the family full access to the husband's account. So, Why not? Well, in Apple's words, and in their EULA, or whatever you want to call it, unless otherwise required by law, hence the court order, you agree that your account is non-transferable and that any rights to your Apple ID or content within your account terminate upon your death. So upon receipt of a copy of a death certificate, your account may be terminated and all content within your account deleted. All right, here's a question. What possible benefit does that short paragraph have for Apple? None. None. Right. Well, so why couldn't they change it? See, this is why I want to finish his law degree. Why can't they change saying, you agree upon your death that unless otherwise stipulated by the law, we will only release this information if you if your surviving um, whatever, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, um, um, come uh, to uh, producers this, that, or the other. But this goes back to the same, right. that, that, that old this argument. Guy, this guy would have photos of his kids in there or his grandkids or Probably. whatever. Right. Oh, no, no, we're deleting it because that's what our EULA says. Yeah. Look, th- this goes back to that old argument of, you know, where he, say, he, he's bought the the Beatles collection. He's died. He can't pass that on. He can't He can't say, here, son, here's my Beatles collection. Because yeah. if, the, if the son wants it, he's got to go buy it again. That's the, that's... Yeah, and, and because it's digital, they've locked him up. Yeah, that's right. That's no, that's wrong. See, that's so, it. I'm gonna. That's my first project. Change the EULA. Yes. Well, it doesn't look like they they're going to. But anyway, Google has an automated system that handles accounts that have been inactive for a certain <coughs> period of time, different circumstances, and probably wouldn't help Peggy anyway. But anyway, this is just to give you an idea of what other others are doing. This allows for people to be notified and email and other content to be downloaded or transferred. It also allows a user to decide to delete everything in that event. So. Well, what the answer, I suppose, is, look, if you're going to make a will, include your passwords, include your logins, put them in yep. a safe, let yep. people know what yep. what's going on. Uh, but but look, it's, it's ridiculous that they just couldn't change a paragraph, though, really. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah, it, I don't, look, I suppose, look, if they didn't, what, what maybe if they didn't do it that way, then would they be in a, get into a situation where people would continually just keep changing family members or something of the accounts to keep... No, you'd put upon... It'd have to be, you know, upon death. Yeah, right? but who's Someone dead? died, you've got to produce something. Yeah, but then how... Like, so then then Peggy dies and her daughter's got the password, so then she continues yep. her life with, oh, heaven forbid, but all of the apps that the father downloaded. And then Pe- and the daughter dies, she gives the her daughter... The password. She goes on with all those apps. Like you know, I don't see a... any problem with that because if all those things were analog, in in the form of books, magazines, papers, hmm. it's just handed down. It's the same thing. Yeah, but the analog's not being updated all the time. Apps are being updated. I get. I get with music. Yes, it's it's not being updated. It's it's once it's done, it's done. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. But uh, yeah, look. I think I think the little people need a bit more of a, a voice in that. I, I, I'd be with I you. Think so I don't, I don't. I probably couldn't care less, really. I just want Apple to do the right thing. Give poor Peggy the password. Just give it to her. Yeah, Peggy Bush is having a hard time. That's right. Uh, what What have you? What else have you want to talk about this week, Eric? Uh, let me see. Let's go straight to. Uh, 
Well, first is the Netflix story. Oh, yes. I'll just... Stan signs multi-year content deal with premier US network Showtime. Mm. It says here, uh, Australian Netflix will face its biggest threat with competitor streaming platform Stan signing a multi-year content deal with premium US network Showtime. Now, put it in perspective, I don't think Netflix will be too worried just yet because they've got a million subscribers and Stan's got 100,000. So, Can I just put it into more of a perspective? That yes. The, <laughs> that this deal will see... Uh, so, this, so this deal will see the exclusive rights uh, to, go to, Netflix, to go to Stan of Twin Peaks, uh, fan oh, favourites, no. Ray Donovan... Californication, Penny, Penny Dreadful, and, and House of Lies. Now, yeah, but hang on a minute. House of, of Lies is a Netflix know. program. Well, how does that work? Oh, that's House of Cards, sorry. Oh, right, yes. Yep. House of Cards. Okay, Penny Dreadful is already on Netflix. Well, it's going to come off. Well, I bet you it doesn't because I bet you they're contracted for 10 years. Yeah, right. Well, they. Well, I, I heard... Next is on Netflix in America, not here. Hmm. There's... The affair I've never heard of. There's a list going around that that tells you when shows are coming off Netflix, like so they they must just chop and change all the time. Oh, they would because they've but, got to keep updating their catalog. Yeah, but I mean taking stuff off. Yeah, so, yeah. Probably so, the ones people aren't watching. Yeah. Well, no. Well, because I know the one of the the big ones was Netflix is losing Doctor Who early February. Yeah, well, no one cares about Doctor Who. Mate. <laughs> they do. <laughs> it's the biggest thing since sliced bread. No, now, <laughs> Doctor Who. Now, look. While we're on Netflix, now someone wrote in uh, to the Facebook page, and look, I tried to find that post. I, I couldn't find it, uh, and I, I apologise for that. But uh, what he was asking about was how to get Netflix in Australia, because apparently they've blocked it. Now, how look, to get Netflix in Australia? Uh, how to get the US Netflix in oh, Australia? Right. So, and he was using some sort of VPN, but look, I, I don't use Netflix, but I've got a couple of notes here that Shane uh, uh, nicely put in his show notes. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> so nice let's see from, nice to hear from you. <laughs> let's see if we can put it, this into some sort of uh, sense that what Shane's written here. Uh, so the US Netflix has got a much bigger catalogue than ours. So after, uh, less than a week after a crackdown, so what, so Netflix is, well, has cracked down on people using VPNs because otherwise, you know, the, the the studios want people to be restricted in Australia from what's available in the US and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, uh, less than a week after the crackdown came into effect, third-party unblocking providers say they've already found ways to circumvent the problem with their customers and everyone's happily tuning into US Netflix again. Now, Melbourne-based proxy service Uflix, uh, so that's spelt with the letter Uflix, F-L-I-X, which uses smart DNS technology to trick Netflix into thinking you're based in the US. It said it was still digging into the detail of the issue, but things were up and running again for its customers. Another popular unblocking service, Getflix, said it too found a way around the geo-block. Uh, according to website Netflixable, or Flixable, Netflixable, tracks... Uh, which tracks new titles as they're released to Netflix in the, each region, Netflix's US catalogue is almost three times as large as ours. Okay. Right, yeah. Uh, they, apparently, Netflix in the US has got something like 6,900 titles uh, compared to about 2,500 over here in Australia. Now, right. Reed Hastings, CEO of Netflix, said the company's decision to step up enforcement of geo-blocking was all at the behest of the film and television studios, which own the rights to the streaming content. Uh, introducing, oh, here we go. Now, there's this new thing called the unofficial Netflix online global search. So, apparently, someone's anagrammed it to you nogs. So, a new website that lets you search Netflix catalogs across all countries. Okay, so you VPN to wherever you want. It's a simple matter of finding out which country is the title you're after and changing your not blocked internet proxy or VPN settings so that Netflix thinks you're in that country. But... So if you sign up to Netflix Australia, you can't just pop in up in America and get access. Don't you have to have the Netflix US account? No. So it's just as long as you've got a Netflix account. If you actually got a Netflix account and you've got a VPN that allows you to read the content, you'll watch it. 
Well, cause, well, Apple's fixed up that, that haven't they? Because they, they've got their Apple Australia, Apple US, Apple England. Yeah, well, if you had a VPN, you could do the same thing. But see, with Apple, it asks you for an address, hmm. right? And if you don't have an address in the US, sometimes they ask you for a social security number, right? Right. But um, you can only usually sign up for an account in Apple if it sees that your IP address is coming from America um, or whatever country you want to buy from. Yeah. But see, the thing is, um, that, allow, that, that allows you to do a couple of things. There's no point buying anything from the Apple store and getting it delivered because they won't deliver from US to here. Yeah, that's true. But, if it, but it will allow you to download things, movies, hmm, apps, yeah, I suppose it will. Um, songs, yeah. you know, at, songs that are cheaper over there than they are here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look, so there you go. Whoever wrote that in, that question in, I hope that might have helped you <laughs> do whatever you're trying to do. Uh, not that we uh, got anything to do with it. Yeah, no, I have never tried it, and I I dare not. I don't watch enough TV. Yeah, you don't. Like, You've got too many projects on the go. <laughs> That's right. And the then net and you nogs is not one of them. <laughs> That's right. Now look, here's another story from Shane. Very interesting. <laughs> He's got Good to be a shame. I know. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because like when you, because I read his stories like for the first time now, I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's interesting. What what's going on there? But anyway, so this one, Google wants to forget it ever tried to sell humans Google Glass. So we know that the Google Glass has gone the way of the dodo. Yes. But, uh, so Google's finally scrubbed the internet clean. Wow, it's Google scrubbed it clean of its weird consumer experiment. Now, why was it that bad? I'm glad I never paid three grand for one, for a yeah, pair. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so uh, spotted by nine to five Google, glass-related accounts on Google+, Plus, Twitter, and Instagram have been shut down. Uh, mm. Yes, and it's gone on to say, from the Google+, Plus, hi, Explorers, we've had a blast hanging out with you on G+, throughout the Explorer program. From now on, if you have any questions about your glass, you can get in touch with us here. Yeah, likely story. Mm. Yeah, have you ever tried ringing this mob? I couldn't oh. even. I couldn't even get onto Google to buy something. I'd be quicker to drive down there. <laughs> they don't care. The, uh, the Twitter and Instagram accounts are gone. Uh, the Google Glass public face turns inward, and the implication doesn't need too much explaining. Glass never should have been presented as a consumer technology. Why not? No, I thought it because was... they just weren't ready. They just rushed it. I think. But it was working, wasn't it? It was doing what it was. Oh uh, yeah, but I think you know the battery life was rubbish. Mm. Um, I don't think the resolution on the camera was as good as it could have been. Right. But that's okay, but that's why they should have just kept developing it. Yeah, you know, stick at it. But, yeah, uh, stick at it. Yeah. Don't give up. No, nah, stick it out, Google, stick it out. Yeah. But anyway, it's gone. I think that Microsoft HoloLens is going to be the, the place to be. I think it's going to be the one that's going to um, Com- scare yes. the bejeebs out of Google. And Apple. And, and Apple. Sony and everyone. Well, <laughs> the other, I was reading the, 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 uh, on Mac Rumors or cult of Mac or one of those websites today or yesterday that um, Apple was thinking of going into 3D. Gee, you're a bit oh, late. Yes, that's, that's right, a bit late. And then and then they'll in 12 months' time, they'll have their announcement or two years, whatever it is, and they always make it sound like they invented it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, look, today we've got, you can see it from every angle, the 3D. Right. For the first time ever. <laughs> Yes, it's a magnificent discovery that happened to me one night. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I woke Thanks. up in a lather of sweat and I went, 3D is the 3D. way to go. And, and, and they'll, then they'll try and patent the, 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 the word 3D. Yes. Like they did App Store because, you know, that just, they, they, they invented it. So, you know, why the hell not? And again, I do love app products, but, but I call it spade but, a spade and I've got to be objective. But see, what will happen is that Tim Cook will go, oh, this is the next big thing. I want my name all over this. This is my project. So they go, okay. We'll, we'll call it the Cook, the Cookie cook. Monster. <laughs> so the Cookie D. So, so, Johnny, so Johnny Ives goes up and he says, okay, Tim. He says, I'm, I'm dying to get his accent right because I want I to know. take the piss. <laughs> it's funny. But anyway, so he goes, Johnny Ives goes to Tim. He goes, okay, Tim, this will be your legacy. Go down to that trademark office. I want you to trademark 3D for us. So Tim yeah. Cook comes back and says, I got it, I got it, I got it. And Johnny Oz opens it up and he's trademarked D, D, D. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> boom, boom. All right, what else, what else, Eric? 
All right, Apple set to report flatlining iPhone sales. Now, have a look at my show notes, Glenn, there. You'll see a picture of um, the Cookmeister. Yeah. You've seen it? Are you there? I'm you got it? Oh, I'm sliding. Yeah, there he is, yes. There he is. Now, that's I. that photo didn't come with the story. I chose that photo from Google, from the images, um, because... That's the that's what I want to see Tim Cook doing. Yeah, when he resigns. <laughs> see you later. Yes. Oh, who who wrote that story, by the way? James Titcomb. Oh, nice. Now, what's the story about? Apple's unbroken run of growing iPhone sales could come to an end on Tuesday, which is last Tuesday. I'm not going to talk about Apple results today. Don't okay. feel like um, when it releases results for the final three months of 2015. A crucial period for the world's biggest listed company after a substantial decline in its share price. Mm. <coughs> Apple is expected to post an $18 billion profit, that's US dollars, breaking its own record for the biggest quarterly profit in US history. Jeez. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Now that's profit, not sales, that's profit. Mm. Mm. Uh, investors fear that the incredible run of the company has been on, it has been on since the iPhone in 2007 could be coming to an end. Yep. As market forecasts are for Apple to have sold around 76 million phones in the quarter, only a slight increase on the 74.5 it sold in the same period last year. So it's a mature market. It's expected. You know, yes. It's not, it's not the end of the world. They're not going broke. You know, they've got some, over $200 billion in the company. But at some Cat. stage, it doesn't matter what product it is, the market will get saturated. It'll, it's right. It'll be a mature product. It'll get saturated. Hmm. And um, they'll just keep going. Like Microsoft... Um, prior to um, what you call it, just when Steve Ballmer took over, had very mature products. You know, the Win operating system, the office products, but geez, they kept make billions each year. Yeah. Share price didn't move because they had nothing exciting. The share price always moves on an exciting thing, right? Yeah. But the cash flow was good. They always kept going up. Yeah. All the same products, just good staple products. But even though their cash was going up and their profits were going up each year, their share price never did because it was a mature industry that they were in. And not until Steve Ballmer left, thankfully, that they got a, you know, more exciting management in there to release things like the Surface mm. and the HoloLens and the, and the Surface coffee table thing that, you know, yeah. that, they, that they use and all that, those uh, NCIS shows and, yeah. and Hawaii 5.0 and all this sort of yeah. stuff. Now, now their share price is moving again. Mm. But I think also like decisions that that Satch and Nadella has implemented, like you know putting Office onto iOS and and things like that, just oh, getting brilliant. getting Everyone's things. Got it. Android's got it. You can get it anywhere now. Yeah, Mac. you know, free Windows if your screen size is under ten inch or something. You know, just just getting it out there, just getting yeah. it out there, and yeah, that's what it, that's what it's all about. That's why every that why everyone's got free trials of this and free trials of that. Like you look at that program Team Viewer, like that's a really handy program. Okay, if you want to um, get someone else's screen on your screen, so you can you know yeah. fix their computer or deal with whatever you have to do, and like that is a really handy program. And the, to buy that or to subscribe that for a year is quite expensive. Yeah. You know, it might be. It's I think it's outside of the reach of the a personal. That's right, but if even they small business, price, you know, price range. Drop the price. Their take up. See, they want to make it free, but it's really cumbersome as, as a free product. Um, I haven't paid for it, so I don't know what the paid products like. I don't think it comes them at all. Well, it just doesn't. You know, it's a bit. It's a bit finicky. Oh, why? It's not. It's not simple to. You know, let's see yours. You know, let's remember we we're trying to do the video calls. Oh yeah, but um, if you right. just want to pull up a screen, that's, oh, that's simple. That's You're simple. doing that's okay. Yeah. See if they thought, okay, we'll give you what the business, the payers get, and we'll drop the price, and they everyone will jump on. Mm. Because well, if you said if you said a hundred bucks a year and full blown, yeah. they'd make more money doing that. Because I and look the other day I thought look I would like to you know maybe if it was a hundred bucks a year or something I thought look I do use the product I will I will buy it I will do it if it's about a hundred bucks but it turned out to be like five hundred or something ridiculous yeah, and I thought that's too much. But well, anyway, LogMeIn had done the same thing. They went from a fifty bucks free service yeah. to something like three hundred dollars a year or something. Which just puts it just outside of reach of a lot of people. But my point was, I suppose, is that they offer a great service for free. And what they're doing is they're getting you hooked. 
and say, yeah. look, if if I if my business you know took off and I had numerous people doing online remote servicing, you'd pay, well, you'd right, probably yeah. have to pay for it, and you and you would pay for it, and then that's when they're going to make their money. But yeah. but get it out there for free, and that's what that that's to illustrate my point about the office on the iOS and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, look, I understand that, but look, I honestly believe that um, Cookie Monsters had his day. Yes. And I, they need someone a bit more dynamic in there. Maybe Garth. He might want to step up. Yeah, well, Come yeah, on, we'll Garth. See. Step we'll up. See. Step up to the plate, mate. Have a swing. Now, NAB customers tap and pay, but only on Android phones. Now, this is dubbed the NAB Pay in partnership with Visa. Now, NAB announced its own mobile payment service for Android phones, allowing customers with NFC-equipped Android phones a lot of Androids in that sentence. <laughs> but anyway, you yeah. know what Tap and Go is, but it's only with uh, Android phones. Uh, payments can be made directly from the Android devices, home screen, inside apps, and from NAB's own app by tapping the phone on the reader. There is a $100 transaction pin-free limit, after which tr- customers must enter their personal identification number to complete the payment. Oh, that's exactly like the card pay pass thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there's not much difference except you're not tapping a card, you're tapping your phone. Yeah. Good. I like I like it. Android devices that use the near field communications and run at least version 4.4 KitKat uh, will work with NAB Pay. Now, however, in saying that, the Sony Xperia Z1 through to Z5 and M4 are listed as not compatible with NAB Pay, along with Google's own Nexus 6P. Now, now this story went on to you know sort of have a bit of a go at uh, the NAB NAB Pay marks another blow to the success of Apple Pay in Australia because I think we've mentioned this before that Apple wants to get into the this space but they want to come in at a premium. I and, think they and, want. I think, sc- I think they're charging too much. That's probably why they're not being That's accepted. Yeah, so you've got all these banks running around doing their own thing with other things like Visa, Mastercard, and that. Uh, the, now the reason is banks are resisting Apple's push to take 15 cents of the 83 cents that banks receive for every $100 worth of transactions. So every $100 that you tap and pay, the bank will receive 83 cents. Apple Pay wants to take 15 cents of that 83. And many big banks have invested uh, or instead invested their, their technologies with Google Android Pay, which is understood not to demand such a large fee. Yes. Yes. So, uh, look, I think, you know, uh, Apple's come in here and they're thinking, let's do the same here as we did with music. Yeah, a bit arrogant, I think. Yeah. Bit, but, you know, a bit, uh, we can do anything. We're uh, we're infallible. We're bulletproof. But things have moved on since iTunes that first began. And well, now... look, there are other streaming services now. You know, Spotify is probably the best one. That's the right. streaming ones. Yeah. And you can buy your music from Amazon now. Mm. A lot cheaper. Yep. Yep, I'm starting to get a handle on Apple Music, but Jesus, oh, I'm, I'm not, I don't even bother. It's hard, I, I'll buy it? songs from there, and I'll have it on my thingo. But as far as that streaming service of theirs, it is hideous. Yeah, they should. You know what I think they should do? Separate it from the the iTunes app. Have it like Spotify, a separate a, a separate yeah. app. Yeah, or a separate web page. Yep. But even just make like I, I can I can sort of work now how to do the playlist blah blah blah. But then now I've got a problem where uh, you, a song comes on, you click the button, and normally you get a menu of what you want to do, like save it or add to playlist or put into a queue. But all those functions don't come up. I don't know. What, I'm logged in. I'm I've got play. I just don't know. It's, it's probably not you. They've probably taken it off. Probably, but so some songs will ha- have add to playlist. Will make the playlist. But weren't subscribed, or you're subscribed on a freebie, aren't you? Yeah, for two years through Telstra. Oh, it drives me insane. But look, I'm look. I do like it. I actually do like it. And maybe when the two years is up, uh, we'll I'll clarify that further. And I do like the streaming service. But so when the two years is up, I will possibly uh, what fork out about a hundred bucks a year for Spotify because Spotify is just so easy. Oh, look, and easy. even the free version is easy. Yeah, well, it's the same version, isn't it? But same. Yeah, sort of... you don't get. Well, I think I think you get ads. Yeah, oh, yeah, you get the ads and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, all it's... right. Uh, what else, Eric? Have you got anything else? I know you got a few oh, look, stories just, in there this week. Just more Apple stories about how everyone's suggesting that uh, Apple's time at the top is coming to a close. Um, as far as its phones go, they're probably right. 
but yep. I don't think it's the end of Apple. Look, I uh-huh. think I was sitting down thinking about this today after re- I read that NabPay thing and the Android thing. And I think, you know what? I think there is starting to... And I know Will, if he's listening, you go, ah, Tom, just know, it's been happening for years. But I think, the <laughs> gap, I think the gap between, say, the functionality of an iPhone and the functionality of an Android, I think that gap is widening. And what, you think Apple's getting better or worse? I think that Android functionality is increasing at a faster rate on Android right. uh, rather than it is, in, is increasing on your Apple phone. Because, like, really, like, I suppose... What can you do with an Apple phone, say, 6S, that you couldn't do with a... I know you can find the thing, but can do with a 5S, say. You know, so you've gone through two years. What difference can you do with a 6S? Oh, okay, it's this this hard push. whoopie do. Like, yeah, you know. I just think, though, you know what it is? I think the... Even though the functionality on Android might be widening and it might be doing certain things that Apple can't or won't do... I don't like the look of it mm. of the Android phones. I find it finicky and messy, and They're I just cheap. don't like the look. And it looks cheap. That's right. It looks cheap. Yeah. The user interface looks cheap. It doesn't look polished. Um, some things are a little bit slow on the load, and there's no none of the uniform updates. You know, you know, if you get an Apple update, everyone goes, "Oh, update, blah blah," and generally, everyone's on it. Everyone's on the same nine point one point whatever it is. Yes. Okay? Yeah. But on Android, you could be on, you know, donut. You could be on, you know, yogurt or dog's breakfast or whatever they call them. And, you know, there's no uniformity. Yeah. On, And so the app developers have actually got the hardest, harder time than Apple app developers because they've got to develop for um, Android operating systems that might span five different versions. Hmm. Yeah, and that's, look, I don't like that about the Android either because I remember when I had one, you couldn't get the update. You, know, you had to wait for the phone maker to produce the update. Yeah, it was for the phone you. maker that produced the update, and if you, and depending on the phone maker, or sometimes it was the phone company that yes. had the rights to release the update. Yes. What sort of rubbish is that? Yeah. Yeah. Complete rubbish. All right. Now, look. You also had a just quickly one about the Safari browser crashing for millions of Apple users. Yeah, that piqued my interest a little bit because it happened to me during the week. Right, and I thought, and I just thought, oh, look, I won't worry about it. I'll just turn my phone off and on, and um, just go back down to my thingo, and I'll see what happens. Now I tried it just before we came on air. It was with the browser on the Safari browser on one of my iPhones. I'd go to tap on the bar to type something in, yeah, and it just and it just crashed. Oh, it just yeah. throw me out. Yeah, right. But it wasn't doing it on the other phone, which is weird. Look, I've had a problem with mine, 6S, uh, the photo app freezes. So I've had it n- a numerous times. We go, oh, I just want to grab a photo of that, open the app up, and it's frozen, and you and it just can't do nothing. And that's not the uh, photo app that comes with the camera, with the phone. Yes. Oh. So look, there's a couple of little things. I'm going to back it up and restore it. I'm going to erase it and... Yeah, again. I, I do that sometimes. Yeah, so I think if that doesn't fix it, and if I still get a freeze on the photo, I'm going to take it in and say, well, Take it in, yeah, take it in. What's going it'll on be here? A hard, it'll be a hardware problem because the, the camera apps are one, on the, these phones are usually one of the best. Yeah, and also another thing I don't like is uh, if I go push the button for Siri, she doesn't answer me. You might have to set it up again. Well, she answers me there, but say, but if I'm wanting to do something, say, in the car, I'll go, hey, Siri, and she just sits there like a, a dumb thing. This doesn't... It has to be plugged in. Plugged into what? For, for hey, Siri, to work hands-free, yeah. it has to be plugged in. To power? Yeah, into the car, yeah. Oh, right. It, it won't, it won't, hey, Siri won't work unless it's plugged in. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know about that. I thought it had. No, no, it's true. Right. I do, I do it in my car. I unplug it and say, hey, Siri, nothing happens. Yeah. I plug it in and I say, hey, Siri, and it comes up. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Is it plugged in? No. Yeah. Okay, it might be right. <laughs> now, just uh, quickly uh, look at a couple, one of my stories that I'll just quickly go through. Uh, just because I think it's interesting for those that might be interested in it. Uh, Google Virus Total now picks out suspicious firmware. So what this is, it's a search engine, but Google's Virus Total service has added a new tool that analyzes firmware 
the low-level code that bridges the computer hardware and operating system at startup. Advanced attackers, including the U.S. National Security Agency, have targeted firmware as a place to embed malware, since it's it's a great place to hide. So it's now possible for people to extract their own firmware and submit it to this Google virus total, which has the potential to create a database of various firmware images that could contribute to research into bad ones. So that's not bad. We'll get... not a bad little uh, tool for those that are into that sort of stuff. Uh, you can go and upload your firmware and see how you go. <laughs> you know, you yep. get firmware yep. updates. Now, um, look, I've got one more story I'll save till the end, but I think I'm just looking through yours now, Eric. I think you've pretty much uh, done all yours. Yep, pretty much. I think you're, you are gone. Oh, just back on, if you're having a problem with your Safari browser, just look on the show notes. Simple couple of simple settings. You go into... Um, uh, settings, Safari, advanced, website data, removed website data, and it should go back to normal. So yep. that's in, it's in the show notes. All right. Now, Shane's got a couple of show, show, uh, stories there that we didn't get to this week, but just have a look in the show notes, as per usual, at aussietechhouse.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, last story of the week is the AI pioneer Marvin Minsky has died. He was 88 He's, he was a mathematician and computer scientist, one of the world's foremost AI experts, AI being artificial intelligence, of course. Now, as a student, he built one of the first neutral network learning machines using vacuum tubes. So, wow, that's a long, that'd be a long time ago. Vacuum tubes, holy cajulies. Oh, no. He went on to co-found the Massachusetts Institute of Technology's Artificial Intelligence Lab in 1959. Holy. Yeah, with John McCarthy. Now, Professor Minsky's ideas and influence were wide-ranging from computational linguistics, mathematics, robotics, but underpinning all this was his desire, in his own words, to impart to machines the human capacity for common-sense reasoning. Wow. A bit ahead of his time, this fella. Mm. Bet you they thought he was a crackpot. I bet you they did. I watched that movie. Did we talk about this last week? The uh, imitation game uh, about Alan Turing. Was really I, good. Yeah, look, I started watching that. I should finish it. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be pretty good. Yes, it, it was. was. good so far. I got about halfway through. Oh, yeah, I liked it. It was great. Yeah, it was good. But anyway, going back to poor old uh, Marvin Minsky. Uh, he viewed the brain as a machine whose functions could be replicated in a computer. His book in 1985, The Society of Mind, is considered a seminal work in exploring the diversity of mechanisms that interact in intelligence and thought. His last book, The Emotion Machine, continued on with this theme, offering a new model for how minds work. Now, apparently he was also a talented pianist. Pianist, and, was he? Yeah, and in 1981, wrote an influential paper on the connections between music, psychology, and the mind. He also invented the earliest confocal scanning microscope. Well, Did you know, Glenn, that people who play musical instruments do better at mathematics? I have heard that, yes. That's absolutely true. Right. So if your kids uh, like playing instruments, and they like music lessons or whatever... Um, you will find that their maths will improve. And maths, on the, on the flip side, maths improves music. Right. Well, both my kids are in the, the school music program. so Excellent. Keep them on it. Yes. My, my kids all went through the music program. They're completely crap at maths. But, uh, no, <laughs> oh. they're... <laughs> you know no, what? Sorry. No, that, no, it's true. They're not that bad at maths, but they would have been a lot worse mm. without the music. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> like uh, the... Izzy's, she's playing the the clarinet. Yes. And, uh, so uh, little Reese was asked, what do you want to play next year? I think he's got to do strings or whatever. I don't know. Drums. Boys no. like playing drums. Do you know what he's picked? Because you've got to you know, bring these instruments home right. to, to, to practice and then you've got to take them back to school for the day or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what he's picked? What do you pick? He's picked the double bass. Ooh, that's a nice so, sound. <laughs> that's a nice big one. Good luck carrying it, though. It's a nice, nice, nice big instrument, too, I know. Exactly, yeah. Car- but, uh, yeah, tell them just get uh, cello. Yeah, that sort it would have been. Half size, still good, still a beautiful sound. Yeah, yeah my kids, uh, the oldest one played the flute. Um, the youngest one played the flute. Actually, the youngest one's pretty good on the flute. She's only 10, and she's really good. Um, and the middle one, he's, she's the little superstar. She plays the clarinet, the flute, and the piano. Yeah, right, right. 
Now, you know how kids are obsessed with uh, bodily noises. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Apparently, I said to him, why did you want to play the double bass? He goes, because it sounds like farting. <laughs> Good enough reason for me. So, that's right. Went, Fair enough. Let's go Fair get enough. the double bass. Can't argue with that. That's right. But there Can't you go. Can't argue with that. But anyway, let, let's let's finish up poor old uh, Marvin. Uh, Marvin, he received many awards over the years, and he got the Allen, or the Turing Award, the highest honour in computer science in 1969. So Ooh. there you go. Good on him. Finish that movie, Eric. That that is a real good movie. Yeah, I will. I do. I will finish. I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah, because it is. A, it's it's really good. All right. Well, I think that's about all that we have for this week. It's been another yes. another big week. I didn't think we'd get through that many. Actually, it's been uh, a few opinions this week. So I hope you guys didn't mind all that. And nah, I, it's all right. Hope hey, I love it. Yeah, I hope we entertained you there. And uh, thanks for your show note, Shane. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Shane. I've been texted him. I hope he's all right. Shane, you, Shane, are you all right? He's never, he's, he never forgets. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to, we'll make sure we post something on the Facebook when we find out what's going on, so everyone's not wondering what's happening. All right, so in talking about Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Ads, uh, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Ads, so you get the, get the, the latest video off the webpage at aussietechheads.com.au. Don't forget the radio, there's massive amounts of shows on this week on the 24-7 Shoutcast Radio back-to-back because every show, every show, all the podcasts are back in uh, production, so it's got a, quite a good line-up there, and it's all, it's all coming back in for the new year. So jump on there, that's the aussietechradio.com. A-U-S-S-I-E, tech, T-E-C-H, radio.com. If you go to that site, uh, it'll tell you how to be a part of it, how to download it to your phone or whatever. But pretty much, uh, look, I even think you can get it on the TuneIn Radio app. Uh, you can uh, yeah, get it a few places if you just you know, put your mind to it uh, and do that. All right, so that's it again for this week. Check out uh, the iTunes, the Aussie Mac Zone. I'm not sure I didn't see it. Did episode. they do a show this week? No, I don't think so. The uh, the Tuesday, the holiday, the Australia Day Tuesday upset the apple cart. And uh, oh yes, of course. Yes, so there was no. no All right, show. I'll I'll give them I'll give them a uh, a break. A break, yeah. <laughs> I won't I won't hook into you. It's ready to go. <laughs> I could I could see you firing up on the chair. <laughs> Just ready to all arced up. You were arcing. You were arcing. <laughs> ready to punch on like Packer. Yeah, you're firing on, firing up. All right, good stuff. All right, so thanks it thanks for downloading. And look, if you've got any questions or comments, just please go to the Facebook page and post them up there. Or send me an email, glenn at aussietechheads.com.au. All right, Eric, thanks for coming in. We you're shall welcome. hopefully see you again next week. Yes. And uh all should be good. All right. So until then, it's bye from us. Bye-bye.